Welcome to Social Arsonist. I'm here with Alex, as always. And we have some exciting news. I guess it's not that exciting for everybody else, <laughs> but it's exciting to me because we're in the same room together and not across the country. What Woo! up? Alex is visiting DC and um, solely to just record this podcast. He flew all the way here just so we can do it together. Definitely. That's the only reason. <laughs> the only reason. Didn't want to see any friends or anything. Just came, just came to talk and hang out with you. Yeah, so we're here together, so we'll be less awkward because we can actually look at each other for social cues and not just like pretend that we know what's happening through the universe. Um, so today we are going to be talking about our men talking too much. Today, it's one of our tools episodes. Last time you heard about Boomerang, which I still think is super dope and you should all be using it. Um, but today is Are Men Talking Too Much? And there's this awesome tool called uh, armentalkingtomuch.com. Uh, it's actually a tool where you get to click if a dude is talking and then you click if a dude is not talking and you get to see who's dominating the conversation. Should we tell them that we're actually doing this right now? Well, I think you just did. Oh. So yes, <laughs> we are doing this right now. Um, and maybe that's why uh, you hear me talking a lot more because I want to prove that Alex is not one of those dudes. But I don't know. We'll see where this goes. It's like you, a surprise to us it's, too. It's interesting because I think that like there is no such thing as not one of those dudes. Like we've all, we all have bad habits to, or most of us have dealt with or had to work through like bad habits that we have to break for sure. So um um, that's, yeah, I, I, I guess that's that would be my only one thing on that. But, uh, so this website's literally armentalkingtomuch.com. It's mobile friendly, so you can sneak your mobile phone into a staff meeting. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh... Or any meeting for that yeah, matter. Yeah, or any meeting for that matter. Um, and it's super simple. It's literally just like a flash website with two buttons. Um, and I guess we wanted to talk about ways we thought we could use this tool to better our meetings in our orgs or any sort of meeting that you're doing organizing is literally just a series of meetings i feel like for your entire life am i am i correct like it's just meeting after meeting a lot of times for organizing so there's a lot of spaces where this tool could be used i think yeah and i think that using this tool you're able to um maybe the feelings that you're having that maybe the men in your organization or yeah, or dominating conversation, but you don't actually have anything to point to besides having this feeling. This is a way to like um, put a number to that and see like actually yeah, this is happening um, in within these meetings or within these organizations. And um, yeah, so that is the tool. I guess there's not that much explaining to do with the tool because it's so easy. Um, but I wanted to jump into ways that we can um, what I've thought about, and I'd love to hear if other folks are using some other. Um, ways or you know strategies within their organizations on how to negate men dominating conversation because um, I don't think men do this on purpose uh, most men some men not all men hashtag not all men do no. this on <laughs> no, no, no 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 we're not doing that <laughs> oh god um, but yeah I don't think this is like an intentional thing generally but I do think this is something that uh, happens and because of that us women are left out of conversations and important um, meetings and important, like our ideas are taken. So I wanted to jump into some solutions um, 
first this one solution being using this tool um, and then talking to your fellow colleagues about like hey in this meeting men talked majority of the time and this meeting has many women in it and this is something that we need to um, work on it, yeah. it, no no go ahead sorry and I think that that's like step one um, but there are different there are other methods out there that have helped uh, women be heard. And um, I, do you want to add something I, or I can jump in? Well, so I would say uh, definitely like, I think one of the things is like showing that a behavior is actually happening. Um, I, I would definitely put many of the men I know in organizing and progressive spaces in the clueless category. Not like, in, I'm not trying to be like, you know, patronizing or anything but like i think they just like they're kind of like maybe they don't even notice that they're dominating the space right um so that's you know i think the nice thing about this tool i thought was like hey this is a great starting point for a conversation this tool doesn't like fix patriarchy or as Nidisha put it patriarchy bullshit like it's not going to like magically solve those problems in the workplace but like it 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 gives you a, a conversation starter for sure i think yeah did totally. you, have, you had something else like specific you want to talk about though like a story you you read right Right, so um, this is one of those... Are you talking about the... Yeah. Okay, so um, this is one of those things where outside of this tool, other ways women have um, helped each other in making sure women are being heard in the room. Um, and I feel like this this story totally went viral, um, so most of you have maybe heard of it, but I just wanted to bring light on this this thing called amplification. So during the Obama administration, which is... Prime example of this happens in progressive spaces too, and democratic spaces too. So it's not a very like uh, political thing. It happens in every space ever. I want to jump in and say it happens in like full-on leftist spaces too. So um, if you are smugly thinking, "Ha ha, I'm not a Democrat. I'm more progressive than that," uh, you're not immune. Uh, your local DSA meeting probably has some of this bullshit too. So you know, I just wanted to make sure we don't leave out everybody. And if you're that person who thinks like, haha, this doesn't happen in our space, 99% chance you're the man talking, so <laughs> fuck you, dude. Just kidding. <laughs> hey. um, but yeah, so you know, during the Obama administration, uh, there was a group of female staffers who um, adopted a meeting strategy, which they called amplification, in which um, women would say something in a meeting and their fellow colleague, women colleagues would amplify what they've said. So giving credit to the other person in the room. So for example, um, if Sharon is in the room and she said something like a great idea, I would be like, oh, according to Sharon, you know, like, oh, like I agree with Sharon when she said blah, blah, blah. Um, And this form of amplification um, would give credit to the author because a lot of the times men take credit for women's thoughts, which if women, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Men, this happens all of the time. Like this happened last week in a meeting at my work. And it's like somebody had a great idea and then the, a male in the room ended the meeting with repeating the woman's idea. And he was like, look at my great idea. I thought of this randomly. It just came to me in this meeting. So um, this is a way to make sure that women were given credit where credit was due. And actually, Obama noticed this amplification process and began calling more often on women and junior aides because 
he began to realize that, you know, people within the space, women specifically, have something to say. And um, I think it was really due to women amplifying each other. I think that's kind of awesome. And I think that can definitely... Let's talk about an easy way to, like, to fight that issue at, like, a staff... Again, for me, it's, you know, we always have, like, all the reps and all the organizers have, like, staff meetings or, or you know, there's... Uh, you know, trainings around, you know, you go to an organizer's training or, or, or uh, some sort of, you know, like a digital organizing toolkit or whatever, you go to some sort of training, it's a great way to like, I think, combat this just at the at the very start of it, you know, and prevent it from even happening in the first place. And then Anisha and I also did like some really, really, like, I would say, precursory or like, I don't know. Um, we did some really simplistic research on the internet to just talk about, like to prove that this actually happens and talk about like, there's some academic research about this. Um, there's a, uh, great bitch media article called seven studies that prove mansplaining exists. Um, I guess I should caveat great with it's informative. How about that? Maybe not great mm -hmm. because of what it says. Uh, but, uh, so it has basically just like an article that summarizes a bunch of different studies. So for example, women get interrupted more than men, uh, a paper published, uh, this was written in 2014 so a paper published earlier in that year um talked about how women were interrupted more often uh men interrupt women to assert power um that was from a 1998 meta-analysis of 43 studies by researchers at uc santa cruz men dominate professions during professional meetings uh, we're actually going to talk more about this one because i have some particularly interesting observation or i feel i have some particularly personal like anecdotes about seeing this um, men and boys dominate conversation in classrooms uh, patients are more likely to interrupt their female doctors. So the idea that, you know, even though they have not gone to medical school, they're more likely to interrupt their female doctors. Men get more space in print and online journalism. And in the most uh, new media ver <laughs> bullet of this list, uh, on Twitter, men are retweeted more often than women. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, get, I, I don't think this is great, but Anisha, is this, just, this is just a known reality to everyone who's not a dude. Oh, yeah, totally. Like, I am very aware of being constantly uh, talked over, interrupted, um, not credited. I don't know about the Twitter things. I think my tw tweets are pretty bomb, but I also get, like, <laughs> one retweet, and it's, like, somebody from work retweeting my tweet. So, um, but, yeah, I think that this is... This is very known... This is known to most women that this happens. And this is something that either we're like, well, that's the world and that's the world I live in, or this is a shit, this really sucks and I'm not okay with this and we're gonna do something about it. I just wanted to go back to women in the Obama administration. I was talking to Alex about this earlier and this is one of those things where like, it sucks. It's so weird to like look at this from a meta perspective. Like women had to come together and have like a formal conversation like, dude, it sucks that I nobody's listening to me in this meeting. Do you guys feel this way? Oh shit, we all feel this way. Let's think of an actual strategy to use in meetings just so I can, when I say words, people hear words. Like, Yeah, that's an experience <laughs> that I just don't have. Like, a lived experience I have not... I, like, I, it's so... You know, I was actually talking to a friend about this the other day because um, she was paying for lunch. And... We were betting on whether the server would get, even though it was her credit card, whether the server would just automatically give me the check with her credit card anyways. 
it's like super small stuff like that. I mean, I guess you'd, you'd call them microaggressions if we were being kind of uh, academic about it, right? But like that stuff, just I don't live with that assumption. I live with the opposite assumption that like I'm always one to go to with a good idea, or right? Like it's 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 kind of fat. It's horrifying and fascinating. And I think to hear from that or hear about that. And I think that the fact that this article, this like strategy that was used by these Obama staffers was posted in an article and then went viral that's a testament to so many people feel this and so many people have adopted this within their friend groups and um, I went to so many meetings after this where I actually had an outside conversation with my colleagues that are women and being like hey do you want to test this out do you want to see if this works like the fact that we it's great that we have this tool in hand, but the fact that we actually have to use a tool like this is shows that there's definitely some growth needed in our in the spaces that we work in. So to double back to our um, academic piece, I particularly wanted to highlight. Um, so they they highlighted some research out of Brigham Young University in Princeton, and for me, I felt this research was particularly applicable, and I hope so for some other organizers. But. Uh, some of the research talks about how women are far more silent than men on school boards. Um, in California, especially local school boards are a constant place of local level organizing, right? You're, you're, you're fighting for better funding for schools. You're fighting for fairer, um, fairer uh, discipline practices, uh, better, you know, better materials for our most vulnerable students, whether they be English language learners or, or special ed. Uh, in my case, I'm often uh, pushing school boards to treat their workers better. Um, and so it was just fascinating to me, uh, some of these numbers. So, uh, a BYU professor named Chris Karpowitz and Princeton professor named Tally uh, Mendelberg analyzed 87 school board meetings from 20 different states. And here's what they found. Women only spoke as often as their male counterparts when women held at least 60% of the board positions. That's, that's <laughs> insane. Yeah, so uh, when outnumbered, women used only 72% of their fair share of the speaking opportunities. On 10 of the 87 school boards, women spoke or made motions at less than half the rate of a board member's equal share. So um, again, as someone who speaks in front of a lot of school boards, works with a lot of school board members from huge school boards like LAUSD down to um, you know, tiny uh, local you know, small city school districts, uh, this was fascinating to me. Um, I will say like tiny local, like especially like rural schools and just generally like tiny local schools, I, I, I do see a trend that like they're still, um, they're still pretty male dominated spaces. That's anecdotal by the way, not scientific, but I anecdotally, I still see that are pretty male dominated spaces, but it was fascinating to me. That, like it takes the, the first point in particular, it takes, they have to hold at least 60% of the board positions to have an equal amount of speaking time. And these are folks that are like, like they're elected. Like they clearly, they're like their ideas rang true with their community and the, and the people who elected them, right? That's so insane. Sorry, I didn't mean to whisper. I'm like actually having like I, the fact that Alex is sitting next to me. I feel like I don't need to talk into a mic. So, <laughs> just... <laughs> so, so um, I guess we just wanted to share our thoughts. So first of all, ourmentalkingtoomuch.com, great tool, great conversation starter. Um, whether it be a staff meeting or a you know volunteer group or a campaign meeting or whatever like whatever sort of meeting you're facilitating it's a great opportunity to have that conversation about whether men are talking too much um and then we had some other thoughts on that too right yeah so i think that um using this as a tool definitely starts the conversation but you know 
diversity of all kinds is important in organizing. You know, it, what we do as organizers is we work with people and we have conversations. Like Alex said earlier on, is like ninety nine percent of our job is meetings and talking to people. So if we are consistently not making sure that half of the people were that are in these meetings are not being heard, then we are being really shitty at our job. I think it's the, we talked about this in humility and presence in our last episode, but if we aren't hiring or involving folks with a diversity of lived experience, we're definitely missing the mark as organizers. Um, And I think that just backs it up more. Um, In addition, there may be some research to support that gender diverse teams make better decisions. Um, You can do some Googling. We didn't find anything explicitly tied to organizing, but there was definitely a lot of like research that said like having a gen- having gender diverse teams, uh, you know, pushes, uh, pushes more efficient teamwork and, and, and better decision-making. And I think many of us could probably talk about that just from a like anecdotal standpoint. Mm-hmm. Totally. Um, and I, you know, actually that'd be a great window for, uh, our friends that are actually listening to this podcast, thank you so much for listening. Um, but also, we would love to hear um, examples of this within your meetings or your work. Uh, it's just really awesome to hear from you guys. And um, yeah, so just let us know what you've been hearing or what you've experienced, and we'd love to share it if you're okay with that. Uh, and just for our knowledge, too. And uh, another thought that Alex and I both had was be an advocate, uh, support and amplify your women colleagues, um, or your diverse colleagues, people of color, you know, whatever this episode is specifically focused on, uh, the representation of women in organizations. And we will cover the other like race and equity in other episodes, but, uh, specifically, uh, just really use tactics to support and amplify, your colleagues and you know give credit where credit's due definitely um i think that's a fair challenge to dudes (laughs) or or people who identify as dudes uh shut up sometimes and in the language of more progressive spaces like step up and step back right yeah totally i was you know speaking of step up and step back uh i've noticed this a lot in spaces and we actually talked about this before uh starting this episode and starting to record it but um there's always those, I don't want to make a generalization, but I'm about to, so here it goes. Specifically, uh, white men will say, hey, we should, they add that to the notes in the beginning of a meeting, like, we should step up and step back, make sure everybody's being heard in this room, um, and then go on to quote that before they speak when they've been dominating the conversation. Like, you know, I know I've been taking the floor too much in this meeting, but, and then going on to take the floor and like occupy all of the space. So make sure that if that is something that is important um, and you really want to be sure in your efforts to step up and step back, truly step back from conversations if you've been dominating the floor. It seems so simple and yet... (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I think this would, the last one. Yeah. So I, I know it's uncomfortable for many of us, but like if you're a dude or a person who identifies as a dude or a man, I think it's important for you to check other uh, like friends and colleagues who are men. Um, It doesn't have to be like some big public calling out. It can be as simple as like after a meeting being like, Hey man, like 
I just noticed like in the future, you know, maybe a way to kind of better your organizing and strengthen your organizing would be like, make sure you let other views get out there and like let other folks kind of have some space. Uh, just saying like, it seemed like you were taking up a little bit of space in the meeting. Um, I can personally say that as someone who has struggled with taking up space, uh, it has definitely been people kind of having those sorts of moments with me and like checking me a little bit or being like, hey Alex, why don't we hear from somebody else? That has definitely like gotten me to be more conscientious about this and pushed me uh, to, um, uh, pushed me to like be better, to be better at this and, and just make sure that I'm not taking up all the space in the room. So definitely check other dudes, check other folks who identify as men. And not, not women aren't the only ones who are responsible for amplifying other women. I think that I, I am so, yay, we can snap together. Um, I, I really appreciate the spaces I'm in when men notice that women are, you know, saying a great idea and then they amplify them too. And I think that, you know, like for me that feels like, oh shit, like I'm really being heard or my colleagues are really being heard and people are recognizing their, you know, the work that they're putting into things. And so it's awesome being amplified from all colleagues. It's not just women's up like obligation to amplify each other. That's hundred percent true. Well, we hope you enjoyed this like quick episode. Um, Anisha and I are super excited to be recording in the same room and city. Um, remember that you can reach us on all social media at Social Arson Pod. So Facebook.com backslash Social Arson Pod. Uh, we're on Twitter at Social Arson Pod. And you can reach us by email at Social Arsonist Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, please, again, reach out to us with your ideas, anyone you'd love us to interview. Um, and uh, we, we can't wait to, to send out another episode. Oh, you know, we got to do the legal-ish disclaimer, though. Oh, yeah. Sorry. So, uh, our legalese disclaimer that we did not do in the beginning of this episode, but us saying it now means it's valid. <laughs> my politi- my uh, legal background <laughs> tells me that that's a thing. Um, I don't have a real legal background, but let's just say I do. Um, so, everything we say, we are employed by real organizations, um, and we are employees of these organizations. And I think that, well, not I think, I know that our um, statements, our conversations throughout this podcast does not represent uh, the opinions or positions of the organizations that employ us. So uh, these are our opinions and uh, our thoughts solely, only ours. Does that make that? Yeah, okay. so opinions are our own. Retweets don't mean endorsements. Um, and our anecdotes don't always necessarily come from our current work. So yes. don't make that assumption. Um, with that, I think, are we out? Wait, before we leave. Oh. So we, we did the who's talking, who's not talking, and I actually talked more this episode. I'm currently at 11, and, 11 minutes and 36, 37, 38 seconds. And We're at 47% men. <laughs> sweet. So we don't suck at this. We, you know, it's interesting because part of me was actually looking at it a little bit and I definitely was finding ways to like make sure that I was more succinct and like, I don't know. I think it was good. I think it was super healthy. That's a really good tip for our male listeners that, hey, this might be a good exercise for you to just check yourself in a meeting, like doing it yourself and seeing like, oh, like, let me give some space. I don't want to fall to this statistic. Amen. Yeah. All right. Uh. Thank you all, um, and we look forward to talking to you more. Yay! Bye! Go Social Arsonist!
Yeah. And uh, make sure to subscribe if you liked our podcast. Leave us a review. We could always use some five-star reviews. Hint, hint. And uh, follow us on social media for more content throughout the week. Also totally available on iTunes and Google Play Store. You can tell we're both Apple users. Yeah. Okay. Bye. (laughs)